This is the Life in the Front Office podcast. I want to first thank all of our listeners to making this a success and helping us continue to grow. We bring on sports executives and professionals from around the industry, all different aspects of the industry, to provide insights and advice for those who are trying to enter the sports industry or those who are already in the industry just looking to learn something new and continue to get better. If you like our episode, please rate us on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, and visit our website at lifeinthefrontoffice.com for more episodes. Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jake Hirschman, and really excited to be joined by Matt Slatis, General Manager of Fit Team Ballpark. Uh, at the Palm Beaches, home of the spring training facility for the Washington Nationals, now World Series champions, and the Houston Astros, former uh, champion of the World Series. So Matt's got a great uh, position and situation in, in working with some uh, World Series champs uh, down in West Palm Beach. However, he's just recently gotten there, and he's had a lot of different experiences along the way. Uh, he is also an Ohio Bobcat, so uh, along with others that we've had on the podcast, he is uh, a member of the Sports Ad program, and so that's where I got introduced to Matt uh, a couple years back. We we had some sushi uh, back in Phoenix, Arizona, somewhere, um, if I remember correctly, and uh, it's been history ever since. So, Matt, really excited to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thanks, Jake. Thanks for having me. I, I appreciate the opportunity and uh, always happy to, to talk to a fellow Bobcat and lover of the game of baseball. Likewise. And, and so let's start with the baseball piece. Um, you know, when I met you, you were you were at the Camelback Ranch Complex out in Arizona with the Dodgers and White Sox. And then you had moved to uh, Maryland or in, in the area uh, in right. which you were working for Cal Ripken and his organization, and now now down in Florida. Tell us a little bit about your, your experiences in the baseball world. Yeah, so I've been very lucky, Jake. I've been able to spend, uh, you know, this will be my 19th baseball season, so virtually my entire career working in professional baseball outside of a, a quick stop at Madison Square Garden. Um, so outside of the 18 months where I sold corporate partnerships for the Knicks, Rangers, and Liberty, I've always been focused on the game of baseball. I, I started my career as a bat boy for a minor league club in New Jersey when I was in high school, and I, I've had the opportunity to work in baseball operations, regular season baseball, major league baseball, minor league baseball, and eventually it brought me to where I am today, which is spring training. And yeah, so, you know, what I've realized is that um, after two decades in the game and, and time spent involved in the regular season, time spent involved at the major league level, the minor league level. There's something to me that continues to draw me back to spring training. So after six years in Arizona, I was fortunate enough to work directly for the Ripplin brothers in Maryland, but I wanted to get back to spring training. And there's something incredibly unique about positioning yourself in a spot where that's where the season begins every year. The first impression that fans make, that the media makes, that the players make, all starts in spring training, and I love it. I really am passionate about the product of spring training and not just what it means for the development of two major league baseball teams, but also what it means for sports tourism, what it means for growing local economies through baseball. So I couldn't be more thrilled after 
18 plus years well, and, to and be you, where you, I am. And it you took know, me a while a to figure that out. Quite a bit across the country to figure that out and to have all these different experiences in which now you're dealing with fans that are coming from all over the country, you know, like you said, as a destination in sports tourism. Talk a little bit about what you've kind of learned, you know, moving from coast to coast. I think that for anyone who's looking to work in sports or for anyone who's just looking to grow their career in general, one of the greatest things you can do is pack up and move. And I don't say that because necessarily it begs just a wonderful opportunity. I say that because seeing different parts of the country or seeing different parts of the world gives you an opportunity to think a little bit differently, you know, to understand what makes a fan tick in New York city versus what makes a fan tick in Phoenix or what makes a fan tick in Baltimore or now Palm beach. Uh, it teaches you how to be a better marketer. It teaches you how to be a more of an enlightened thinker. It teaches you how to be a better business person. So I highly, highly, highly advocate for stepping out of your shell, thinking outside of the box and literally not being afraid to move <laughs> yourself across the country. And maybe even you do it again. Some of my best friends in this world have come from my sports career, but they're completely outside of the realm of sports. I just happen to interact with them at games or at events and, you know, I've really developed a great well, and book of friends all around them, right? the country. And, and that's part of what the OU network uh, can provide as well as you went through the program and, and you make friends that are working in positions all across the country. And so, uh, you know, not everyone is necessarily fortunate enough to come across or come across the opportunities to move from coast to coast or some are not necessarily fortunate enough to have the ability to do that, whether that's, you know, because of family or financial means or whatever it might, might be. But how can you learn from other people that are doing roles, whether it's similar or not, across the country so that you can also learn from them and those things to, like you said, become a better marketer, become a better uh, individual and learn about uh, different cultures and different fans. I think that all of us working in sports need to recognize how much of a relationship business this is. And the contacts that I've made across the country or the contacts I made in graduate school, or even the contacts I met as an undergrad in New York City are still people that I keep in touch with. And because this is a relationship business, not only do I keep in touch with them, but I've developed friendships with them and I'm able to say to them, hey, you know this person, can you make an introduction? You know this guy or this gal, can you make an introduction? And Jake, I met you through a mutual friend named Ryan Lance. At that point, Ryan was working for the Cleveland Indians and you had bumped into Ryan, gotten to know him, mm -hmm. and I think he set you up with four or five different people to speak to. And that's what this industry is all about. Yes, it might be tough to break in. Yes, it's very close-knit, but it's full of such incredible people who are willing to help each other be successful. So when you ask the question of how do you learn from other people all around the country, don't burn bridges and keep in constant contact. You know, we're all so ingrained these days in social media and LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter, Instagram. You have to develop that network no. outside of all of those technological means. So you still can't hesitate to pick up the telephone. You still can't hesitate to reach out and shake someone's hand at a conference or at a lecture or at school. You still no, have that's to so be true. And, and, I, and I really network. appreciate the fact that you bring that up because, um, you know, in, in today's day and age, I, I might be considered old school. But, you know, I got rid of my social media and 
Uh, I don't have any of it anymore. I want to try and be present with the people that I'm with. And I also want to um, send a text or, or make a phone call to the people that I do want to stay in touch with. And uh, it, it was interesting. I was giving a guest lecture, as, as you've done many as well. But I actually asked everyone to put their, put their laptops and phones away and, and pay attention. And, and I wanted to see about halfway through how many had stopped paying attention. And it was interesting. It was kind of like a social experiment on your own, right? It's, it's one of those things where I'm sure if you do that uh, in any work setting, you'd probably be amazed at how many people it's hard to keep their focus. Um, but to your point on the relationships piece, not only the relationships outside, outside your office and uh, across the country, but also the people that you work with, you know, not necessarily just working with them and clocking in and out and, and saying hi, you know, good morning and, and goodbye, good evening. It's, it's truly getting to know them on a real personal level. Um, what significance or what impact does that have and kind of where you've gotten to in your career? That's a great point because, and I, and I often forget about this, but some of my best friends in the world are people that work together at the Staten Island Yankees that I worked with at the Staten Island Yankees about 15 years ago. 75% of that office, you know, probably about 15 people still works in sports. We reconnect every time we're all in New York City or we reconnect if I'm in the city where someone else is. I, I've developed these friendships that, that share the bond and the commonality of where we started our careers or where we were early in our careers. But these friendships now have developed into standing in my wedding party, you know, being there a couple days after my son was born. These are great relationships that I not only trust now and rely on these people for business advice, for work questions, for guidance, but for friendships. And I think that anytime you have the opportunity to work with people that you trust on that level, you're going to glean better insights. You're going to get better information. The level of trust is there. And much like you have with your siblings or your family or your friends, you always know they have your back. And to know that you have a network of people that work in this tight-knit industry that are always going to have your back, it always gives you something to fall back on. No, and that's, that's amazing. It gives and, you something and that's pretty You special. talk about the friendship. So you've gotten to a new place. You've gotten to Fit Team Ballpark. You've got a new crew of people uh, that you're continuously building relationships with. Talk a little bit about what you're doing in your role and um, what, you know, obviously spring training is – Five, four months away is that right I mean it's going to be it's going to be two weeks away before you know it but um what do you what do you what are you guys you know doing every day and day, sure in, day out to you know to get prepared so our job here is is to get the Astros and get the Nationals ready each to win a World Series every year um, but it's also to to manage their business responsibilities in Florida so Right now, we have a little bit of a shorter offseason than I think anybody expected with both clubs in the World Series. I could not have written a better personal script. I, I had been with the Astros and the Nationals about 45 days when they both made it to the World Series, and I was fortunate enough to get to games in both markets. Uh, both organizations treated myself and my staff you know, second to none. They were fantastic. Um, but right now, we are developing a sales and marketing plan that will hopefully bring more folks down to see these clubs train and to enjoy Cactus League baseball than ever before. So we are out there marketing partnerships. We're selling and marketing 
season tickets, flex packs, group tickets, corporate hospitality, luxury suites, catering spaces. Um, we also have a staff that is, is planning to welcome 500 players between major leaguers and minor leaguers to West Palm Beach and manage and oversee their day-to-day while they're here as well. So it, it's not rest for the weary. We're, we're busy. You know, this is my favorite time of year right now because we're, we're finishing off budgets. We're putting our sales and marketing plan into place. And if we do our jobs right now, when the season hits, we get to step back and enjoy it just like the fans do. Sure, we're here early in the morning during the season. We probably don't take a day off for 60 or 70 days. But ultimately, we get to enjoy the fruits of our labor, which was busting our butts from the final pitch of the World Series to the first pitch of our opening day. So it's a fun time of year. This, to me, is the busiest time of year. I might not be using my my physical body as much. I'm sitting in my office. I'm on the phone. I'm on a computer. But I'm using my mind. And every day I come home, I, I just ready to crawl into bed because it's it's exhausting. Um, again, if we do our jobs right now, when spring training hits, <laughs> well, it's, it's work fun, and, right? Dare and, I say our, it's easy. One of our co-hosts, Pat, talks about the fun business. And, uh, you know, in terms of spring training, you know, not every superstar is playing every inning. Uh, it truly is not about wins and losses, right? It's, it's preparing everyone to get ready for the season in which wins and losses count. So it's about the fan experience, right? What, what, what are you guys focusing on from a fan experience perspective? And how does that differ from your experiences, you know, with the Staten Island Yankees or, or uh, the Ripken organization to where you were focused on that regular season experience? So Pat's right. We're, we're all in the fun business. And I think all of us in sports that aren't on the player operation side need to recognize that we're in the business of providing fun. And that fun might be affordable family entertainment like it is in the major leagues. It might be business development fun that, you know, helps a law firm recruit and retain clients. But at the end of the day, we're there to provide our guests with a good time. And spring training is no different. So one of the things to me that distinguishes spring training from the regular season, either at the major league level or the minor league level, is access. So we're crafting an experience for our fans from when they get out of their cars to when they walk into the ballpark, they have the opportunity to to walk off and down the same paths that the players do. There's opportunities for fans to take photos, receive autographs, meet mascots, walk the ballpark, understand what's different about spring training. And then when it comes to the fan experience inside the facility, we're creating new food and beverage concepts. We're working on a craft beer list. We're creating destination locations within the ballpark. One of the things we're focused on now is how do we give fans access to a World Series trophy when they're in West Palm? How do we create those memorable experiences that truly distinguish spring training from the regular season? Because for 85% of our fan base, it's an investment cost to come from Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, or from Houston to see these clubs work out. And we need to show them the time of their lives. At the end of the day, spring training games don't count for standings. <laughs> right. Heck, sometimes, Jake, they even end in ties. So because the product on the field is so uniquely different, our atmosphere and our experience needs to be that much better. It, it's still Major League Baseball, but we love to add in a little bit of the flair that you might see at the minor league level. We love to add in the unique food item, 
the unique giveaway, the unique memorable experience for our fans that they just can't get during the regular season because the ballparks are 35,000 or 50,000 seats. Everybody in spring training is on top of the action. Everybody can see their teams work out. And not only can you see your Astros or your Nationals in West Palm, you can get in the car and drive 20 minutes up the road and see them play the Cardinals or the Marlins in Jupiter or 40 minutes up the road and see them play the Mets in Port St. Lucie. And it's an incredibly unique experience to get up close with these guys. And it's incredibly unique to be able to do it at a fraction of the no, cost. No, absolutely. That a and and growing up in would, Arizona, I mean, it was you. amazing. I, I actually think back to, gosh, I think it was in 2017 when Will Farrell did his, what was it, 10 teams in, in one day or something of that sort. And he went, you know, he took a helicopter to, what was it? So, so that, that's one of my yeah, – he played – you know, he played all nine positions. He broke Roy Campanella's record. And, you know, that is one of my – I'll call it seminal memories in professional sports because when he played as a member of the White Sox, I stood in center field at Camelback <laughs> Ranch Glendale waving in his chopper. So as he, he got out of the, the helicopter in his White Sox uniform, um, you know, I was standing there with Jonathan Vasquez, my operations – uh, counterpart welcoming him and, and pulling him on the field and my wife still to this day lets me know I had a, a really bad bald spot well, on HBO that night <laughs> but but that's you know that, like you said that going back to the earlier part of the discussion that's just one of the fringe benefits of working in sports that's what's cool about it you, you have those relationships you have those memories we do what everybody else in business does our businesses are not all that unique when you think about it we have a finance department we have legal we have marketing we have sales but we get to do it in these environments that are just second to none a ballpark with the most famous comedian in the world landing in a helicopter a special for hbo and there i am a baseball sales and marketer waving him in you have to step back and pinch yourself no, absolutely. And, and, and that comes with a little sure bit of gratitude, right? Kind of just understanding where you've been, where you are, and, and, and being thankful for the opportunities that you've, you've had and, and, and have in front of you. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I would love to, to dive into is, you know, the, the business of spring training. And to your point, it really isn't any different than, a, than another normal business, right? And uh, it, has, it has its own business cycle, right? Yours is a little bit different than say the nationals is in dc uh the months are different the amount of time and window of opportunity in which you can make revenue is different but at the same time now your ballpark is being used as a 12-month revenue generator right is are there there's a lot more than just spring training where you're at Yeah, absolutely. And we touched on it a little bit earlier. You know, we find ourselves in the business of sport tourism. You know, I'm in a very fortunate situation here in Palm Beach County where the county developed Fit Team Ballpark. They were responsible for the lion's share of the costs with the teams paying a lot of overruns. Um, but the economics of that are so where it behooves us to, to bring in a plethora of outside events. So not only do we have this 166 acre complex with 12 full-size baseball fields a main stadium and two half fields we also have 17 acres of youth soccer and lacrosse fields so we're we're constantly attracting 
the perfect games of the world, the USA baseballs of the world, prospect select. Um, but we're also working with your soccer and lacrosse promoters. And it's fantastic that we're bringing these tournaments into our facility. It fills dates. It puts things on the calendar. But most importantly, when this facility was built, we were a business decision of the taxpayers. We were a business decision of the hoteliers, the restaurateurs, the county to say, how do we go out there and put more heads in beds, put more butts in seats? And building a sports facility that would host the Astros and the Nationals and major and minor league spring training was one thing. But turning it into a 12-month-a-year global facility that would bring people into the county, that would drive sports tourism was what they were looking for. And we've got great partners in the the Palm Beach County Sports Commission, one of the the largest sports commissions in America. We just finished a, a youth baseball tournament here called The World Comes to the Palm Beaches, where we hosted 42 under 18 and under 15 teams from 29 different countries for a seven-day span. We had youth baseball teams here from Russia, from China, from Aruba. You name a country, there's a good chance they were playing baseball in Palm Beach County. And not only were the athletes in Palm Beach County, but their family was here. Their friends were here. You know, that tournament alone accounted for over 10,000 hotel room nights. And we're in the business, I mentioned earlier, of getting these two clubs into a position to contend for a World Series every year. But we're in the business of returning economic impact to Palm Beach County. We're stewards of their tax dollars. We're stewards of their facility. And if it's a beer festival that we're working to develop around the 2020 Super Bowl in Miami or a youth sports tournament or an ethnic festival that we have in April every year, we're looking to program the venue outside of Major League and Minor League Spring Training. In 2019, we, by the end of 2019, rather, we will have hosted over 220 non-baseball events at the ballpark. Everything from youth events to festivals to weddings to dinners, you name it. Our job is to report to these two clubs, but to also report to the, the residents and the constituents that help this facility be built and no, to really make sure we're always doing right by them. And, and awesome. that. You know, there's a lot more to just the, what is it, 20, 20 something games that are played in the spring, right, to, to get them ready. And, and uh, there truly is a revenue opportunity in whichever way you can think of it. Um, you know, thinking about, go ahead. And I was just going to say, while, while that revenue opportunity is going on, the other thing to remember is there's the, the baseball side of our business that a lot of folks probably mm-hmm. aren't aware of in extended spring training, which helps minor leaguers who may not have made a roster out of camp get ready to join a club later in the year. Uh, both of our teams do a, a significant amount of injury rehab there. You know, I know Lance McCullers has been rehabbing from his Tommy John with the Astros in West Palm. The Nationals have had guys through here. Carlos Correa was here earlier in the summer rehabbing his injuries. So, the baseball side of our facility is truly used 365 days a year as well. There's always activity here on the major league and the minor league level. We've got uh, two teams in the Gulf Coast League, the the rookie league that takes place in Florida. Um, so we're working to generate revenue all the time. We're assisting the teams and operating the facility so they can handle their major and minor league injury rehab so they can continue to train guys that may not be on a roster during the regular season. Well, and there's always something um, new, there, right? There's, there's always, always something, something new that's on. developing. Someone's got a new idea. Someone's, you know, there's always 
uh, a new thing to be kind of thrown at you to be challenged by. And, and so with that, as we, as we kind of, you know, wrap up the episode and, and we think uh, about, you know, what the landscape is and in, in which we work in and um, moving coast to coast and, and even back and forth sometimes can put a, you know, challenge on not only yourself, but on your family and, and understanding the work-life balance piece. Um, any advice you have for those who, uh, you know, not only have a family, uh, significant other, et cetera, but, but for those who are working in the industry, understanding that um, it is either possible to move across the country and, and chase those opportunities or uh, to understand kind of where your, where your personal values lie. Yeah, a- absolutely. So, and this is not a, an easy question to answer. And I think that everybody's situation is, is uniquely theirs. Um, I'll tell you that in my situation, uh, I've got a, a very supporting wife and we've got a two-year-old son who I, I love dearly and we communicate. We, we talk a lot about what our motivations are. And for both of us, it's family. And personally, I found it very challenging to, to be a good dad and to be a fair husband when I was working a full minor league baseball season. One of the things to me that's so attractive about spring training is that, you know, I may work 60 or 70 days in a row in February and March, January, February, March, but 95% of our games are at one o'clock. I'm still home by seven at the absolute latest. I can still have dinner with Jonah, my son, with Carrie, my wife, put him to bed at night and get up and do it all over again. I, I worked for an incredible guy in Arizona, a guy named Jeff Overton. And one thing that Jeff said to me was that spring training is baseball light. I, I couldn't agree with him more because for someone who loves what he does, I still get my fix, but I still get to go home at night and be with my family. My, my wife is a college professor, and originally it was her PhD program that took us across the country to Phoenix. I had the opportunity to meet great people and, and really found my niche in spring training. When she was done with her program and I, I had an opportunity to go work for the Ripkins, she was supportive of what I was looking to do. When this opportunity in Florida was presented, we both realized this was a great way to make sure our, our family unit got what it needed. So I, I think that the work-life balance, it's that proverbial saying that everybody throws around, but it really means something different to everybody. I was with a guy a couple months ago, um, you know, and he told me that his, his first marriage didn't work out because he couldn't stop working. And this is a guy who works in sports. Well, he had recently been remarried and he's having the time of his life because both him and his wife can't stop working. You know, they were on their honeymoon on the other side of the world, and he was answering emails and texts, but so was she, and they respect that. That's something they really love about each other is the passion that they each have to their careers. So, you know, it's funny. I sound like a friend of mine who says, you do you, and that, that's kind of what it is. You have to have an understanding of yourself. If you're married or if you have a partner or you share your life with somebody, you have to have an understanding with them, and you have to communicate because – Nothing we do in sports is truly nine to five, even though spring training baseball might be more manageable hours than the regular season. I still get emails from both of these teams at odd hours. I still take phone calls on the weekends. 
And you have to communicate. Your life is your life. And I'm not saying by any stretch what's right for me is right for you or right for um, somebody listening. But you have to understand yourself and you have to understand well, the and, impact and of the what last you want point to do I'll on make the people is, around is, you. Is a question in that, um, you know, you, you talk about you got to know what's what's right for yourself what, you know, you're not going to figure it out overnight, right? So if you're graduating from undergrad or graduating from grad school, I, I, I remember uh, sitting in, in an office of, of our uh, director's office in grad school, we were talking about jobs. And he said, you know, your first job's not going to be your last, and it's certainly not going to be your best one. So just pick one, right? <laughs> and, and it was, it was one of those things where you're scratching your head, like, I've, I've worked all this time, and I put all this, you know, school into it and, and I'm not going to get the best job, but you're not. Uh, and, and you're going to continue to grow and, and learn about yourself along the way. So what is maybe something that you've learned, you know, along uh, your journey and, and across the different jobs that, you know, there's going to be um, good points, high points, low points, right. But uh, you're going to learn more than anything else along the way. It took me a long time to figure this out, but I really think it's all about the people. And as cliche as that sounds, you have to interview your employer as much as they're interviewing you. You have to make sure that the person you're reporting to values you and that that person is someone that you can learn from. Because no matter if you're, it doesn't matter if you're coming out of your, your senior year of college or you've been in this industry uh, and you're a GM or a president reporting to the owner, if you can't pick something up from that person every single time you interact with them and that person doesn't respect you, you're in the wrong place. So make sure that the people you're working with are people that fire you up every day, that those people make you want to be better. And again, it goes back to understanding them as much as they understand you. So interview your employer interview your future colleagues, interview those coworkers, and make sure that those people are people that you want to be around. There's nothing worse than working for an employer who doesn't share the same goals and visions as you do. There's nothing worse than working in a place where you feel stale or stagnant or that the opportunity to learn and grow isn't there. I, I don't care if you've been doing this for two years or 20 years, this business evolves so quickly. And there's always so much to learn. So make sure you're around the people that are going to coach no, you. That's up perfect. And, and it all and goes back to relationships, kind of like we were we were talking about at the beginning of the episode. So, Matt, I certainly appreciate the time and and love having you on the podcast. Uh, absolutely would welcome you back on after after spring training, as I know it's it's your busy time, and um, we're certainly looking forward to uh, seeing those memories created for all those people. Uh, with the with the World Series champs returning in the spring and uh, all the all the different events that you guys are going to do uh, in the coming coming year of 2020. So uh, again, really excited for you and uh, enjoyed having you on the, on the podcast. I want to take the time to thank you for listening to Life in the Front Office. And if you liked our episode, please rate us on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We greatly appreciate it. And for more episodes, visit us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on our website at lifeinthefrontoffice.com. And please continue to share uh, with your colleagues on social media and help us continue to grow.
Thanks.